Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. I'm here in the promised land. You can sing and you can sit that close. You know, uh, we, um, thanks Josh and um, Belinda for um, having me. You are amazing people. I was thinking this morning, um, I was going to wear another shirt, but I was a bit feeling, you know, and um, I said, what do you think? What do you think? She said, no, this one. So this one I put on. Thanks. I can't do that to many people. I feel like I'm just with family. So I really do. Oh my goodness, the sense of the Holy Spirit in this place. Your worship is beautiful. Um, this is, there's something happening here. Now, I'm going to share, I'm going to get straight into it. I'm going to share with you the blessings of limitation. And uh, I want to just share quickly, because my view of what's happened with COVID is maybe a little different to some, but it goes back to prior to the beginning of uh, the end of 2018, coming into 2019, had a strong sense that in the next couple of years we were going to be faced with something huge. And I didn't think I was ready. So I spoke to our board and our exec team and said, I think I need to have a break at the end of 2019 to prepare for 2020 because something is coming and I'm not spiritually ready for it. In July 2019, I said to our executive team, we need to produce six months of preaching and online services, but not like a normal church service, in July 2019. And I had no idea why. And, of course, my team thought I was nuts. And I'm, I don't never want to be a buffhead leader. So I listened to them and it was too much work, so I dropped it. October 2019, the Lord spoke to me. We, our church is 21 years old. Every year we plan the next year in advance and we plan it on themes. We've done it for 21 years and very systematic. And in October 2019, the Lord spoke to me and said, you are to prepare the church for one thing and one thing only, change. In October 2019. And you are not to run any topics, any themes, because you won't be able to. You're to focus on one thing. I had no idea. Halfway through October, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to get on a plane and you need to take as much cash as you possibly can and travel to places like Iraq and Syria and Pakistan where you've got churches and you've got to take as much cash as you can because you're not going to be able to see them for at least 12 months, October which I did, took a um, couple hundred thousand cash in me. Had no idea what was going to happen. We get to November, my wife and I take our break, gets ourselves ready, we come back from the break and we start right at the beginning of January with one theme, change. We've got to get ready for change. Our church is excited, everybody likes to hear the word change. Wow, that's one of the best starts of the year ever. Then the Holy Spirit starts waking me up in the middle of the night. 
You know the six months preaching. You needed to prepare the six months online worship, but not live streaming. It's not to look like a normal church service. Different. Go now. Go now. Wake me up every night. Go now. Go now. This is January before we have any cases. I'm stressed. I say to our team, we've got to go now. And they're all looking at me so no. And I said, we've got to go now. And I've got to tell you, it caused conflict. But by the time we had the very first case of COVID, we had six months pre-recorded and six months live worship. So that when we got totally shut down, we were able to help another nine churches in Australia get online. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the bigger picture because I don't feel I am permitted to. But I have a different feel about the sense of COVID. Um, but I think it's really important, regardless of what, where you lie, that you keep the main thing the main thing. Because we know in part, some people will be more aligned this way, some this way, you know... Some of you will love your premier. Some of you will love Dan Andrews. <laughs> and so I would never let, let something come out of my mouth like, you're joking. <laughs> because I pray for that man's salvation. We are to pray for every single person. It's okay to say something like that, by the way, too. Um, what I'm saying is that our job is keep the main thing the main thing. And what is that? To love God with all your heart, all your soul, your strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. I do not want to live in a society that doesn't care for the aged and the frail. I don't want to live in a society that doesn't care for the unborn. I don't want to live in a society that chucks anybody away. Look at this magnificent woman here. I'd love to sit and talk to you about your journey and your story. I could learn so much, I'm sure. Absolutely. We need to look after every single human being. Love always protects. I don't like wearing a mask. It's horrible. But I am actually going to look for what I, what's not taken from me. I'm going to look for what God has given me. And you can't stop the church. Our church, we've seen salvations this year. We've seen Muslims come to faith in Christ in Sydney because we were online. And they were too frightened to come to church, but they saw us online and now we baptise them in the service and they're full on for God. We've seen all sorts of strange things. This is a time that the Nicodemuses can turn up. They can come to us. Now, I want to talk to you about the gift of limitation. And I'm going to start with Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. This, what I'm doing, I don't consider myself a preacher. I consider myself a talker and a communicator. I'm as lumpy as custard. So, Holy Spirit, help me communicate what's on your heart so it would be useful. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
What a magnificent passage. He can do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. Where was Paul when he wrote that? Was he free? He was locked down. He was limited. Did he want to be? Probably not. But this magnificent passage of imagining more, seeing more, dreaming more, he wrote from a place way worse than wearing a mask. This is a glorious example. If necessity is the mother of invention, limitation is the unseen link used by God to take us into the greater. Viktor Frankl, who was an uh, Austrian uh, neurologist, psychiatrist, philosopher, he was a Jew, he's a survivor of Holocaust, and he wrote about it, one of the most profound uh, books you could ever read, and he wrote this, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. The power is within Paul says this power that is at work is within. It's not without, it's within. It's within us. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is where? Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God's influence is not affected by external circumstances. In a, before COVID, the Harvard Business Review wrote an article, several articles before COVID happened, way before COVID happened. And they wrote debunking the idea that complete freedom leads to greater creativity. They wrote and researched and their topic was how limitation is the breeding ground for greater creativity. And let me read from it. The common wisdom suggests eradicating all constraints and limitations by getting rid of rules and boundaries and things like lockdowns and crea um, will creatively increase innovative thinking. We reviewed, this is directly from them, 145 empirical scientific studies on the effects of constraints and limitations on creativity and found that teams and organisations alike benefit and become more creative through limitations. Limitations benefit us because they narrow our focus. Limitations increase clarity. Limitations intensify concentration. Limita limitations help us see what we've not been able to see before, to hear what we've not been able to hear before, to feel what we've not ever been able to hear before. Yes, limitations will put pressure on us because they'll bring to light things that we've actually hidden under the carpet. This has been a wonderful season. Now, when I say wonderful, I have to tell you quite honestly, last year was the worst year of my life. But the greatest year for unlocking potential because I have seen what I didn't want to see. It's brought the light into my world and shown me why do I follow him? It's shown me the things that I need to deal with on so many different levels. 
And to be quite honest, it's scary when the light comes on you. The analogy I use in our church is a little bit like our home, our physical home. We live on a, a fairly busy road. Our house is 100 years old. It's uh, lime mortar, so it's, it's, you know, and it's sitting on, the foundations are not so good. It's, old, it's sitting on quite clay soil. Two ho- uh, the house down from us, we're on a hill, decided to knock their house down and build a new one, and they dug below our foundations. And so our house slipped by 40 mils. So it rolls from 40 mils from one side to the other. That's a lot. And so we ended up with all these cracks, massive cracks. Insurance won't cover it because they say it's the clay. But that's okay. And all of a sudden, we're seeing, I'm having to pull the plaster off we're having to lift the floor coverings and as I lift the floor coverings, it's 100 years old, it's floor covering upon floor covering, upon floor covering, upon floor covering. And then I pull it up and here is this gorgeous wood. Now it needs a bit of attention but it goes right back. You can't buy the wood anymore that's there. And then to pull back the wall and I see the handiwork of the brick masons and I think, This was what the master builder intended it. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, this is fantastic. This is going to look better than our house has ever looked. If we can see, God is bringing a renovation into the church. And shaking our foundations. And exposing that which needs exposing so that we can fix it up, make it better than it ever has been. But our ears must not be hidden to our teachers. Limitations make us focus on the important things. The health of our soul. And the health of our relationships. Limitations lead us to greater efficiency. Do you know who, what state is the best with water in Australia? Who uses water the most efficiently in Australia? South Australia. You know why? Because you have less of it. Because everybody upstream is plundering it. Who are the worst users of water in Australia? Uh, that's awesome. I didn't have to say anything. When there's a lot, people waste it. When there's a little... Necessity is the mother invention. What is your favourite food? Okay, we're going to do a couple things. Put your hand up if you think pizza is the best round food. Oh, not many. Okay, that didn't work. (laughs) That works just about everybody, everywhere. Do you know pizza, where pizza came from? Limitation. We had this beautiful prosciutto, you know what that is, that's the beautiful Italian ham that they, where did that come from? Limitation. Why? Because they had very little, they had no refrigeration, they had nothing of so, they would take an animal and think, how can we use every part of this animal and how can we prolong its life so that we can be eating this 
most great, many great inventions in the world come out of limitation. And yet we're so frightened of limitation. We're so frightened of losing things. We're so frightened of being shut down. I tell you what, the Lord isn't. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon would not have been written unless Paul had been limited. He was locked up for two years. And because of that limitation, you and I, my kids, my grandkids, their kids, 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 are going to hear the gospel because of a limitation. Paul never complained. Well, I've lost my freedom. I think I'll protest. Jesus didn't come to be a political figure to defeat Rome. Jesus came to defeat sin. Even God limited himself and he's unlimited because he worked six days and rested the seventh. And he did that to show us something. We are not limitless. We are limited. Now, there are two types of limitation. There's self-imposed limitations and there are limitations imposed upon us. And there's so many in the Bible, it is staggering. Now, self-imposed limitations come from fear and insecurity. Elijah was limited. He was very insecure. He had a win battle over the prophets of Baal and he runs away and hides and limits himself in a cave. And what happened in the cave? There was a fire, earthquake, spectacular things, but God was in the small, still, gentle voice. God will speak into your limitations, just as he did Elijah. Gideon, self-imposed limitation. Gideon was frightened, so he limited and hid himself in a wine press. And what happened to Gideon? An angel turned up and spoke to him. Woo, that's pretty cool. Moses, self-imposed limitation. He limited himself and isolated himself in one of the longest quarantine sessions in history. In a desert. And in his self-imposed limitation, God speaks to him in a burning bush. I think I can list so many in scripture that were self-imposed limitations. I want to say this to you. Not all of us have done well in this limitation. But I can tell you, get ready because God wants to speak to you. He might speak to you in a small, still voice. Or he might speak to you with an angel turning up. Or maybe you might have a flaming bush. But he'll use all sorts of ways to speak to us. Because he loves us so much. And I believe the Holy Spirit is, is on a megaphone trying to get us, the church, to hear what he wants to say. If we fight limitations or we think that outside limitations will stop the preaching of the gospel or the advancing of the kingdom, we've lost it. We've absolutely lost what God is calling us to. Now there are limitations imposed by others. Daniel, he was limited by others and he was forced into isolation to serve a pagan king. 
John, the apostle, was limited by others and sent into forced isolation on the Isle of Paphmos. And we have the book of Revelation because of it. Paul was limited, as I said. And I'm going to come back to a number of others. Now, whether the limitation is opposed by ourselves, our own insecurity, or whether it's imposed upon us by others, God will do one or two things. He'll either speak into our limitation or he'll speak from our limitations to others because he has a much greater purpose. Now, these settings are important. And it's a simple thought, but so important. When you hear the word of the Lord, you are actually receiving the Lord himself. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, yeah? When God speaks to you, don't just go, oh, well, it's God himself. And if you say yes and amen, guess what happens? You're receiving God himself and you receive God himself in his word, it is guaranteed to lead to expansive change. Now, let's have a look at God speaking into and how he speaks. Elijah, limited, hidden up in a cave. God spoke in a gentle whisper. Gideon, limited. God spoke through an angel. Which is more powerful? A still, gentle voice or an angel? Just hang on to that thought. Moses, limited, heard God speak in a burning bush. John, on the Isle of Paphmos, heard God, and it says in Revelation, behind me I heard a sound like a trumpet. Which is more powerful? The gentle voice? The angel? The burning bush? Or a voice from heaven like a trumpet? Which is more powerful? Hang on to it. Paul, in isolation, heard the Lord speak to him, and he says this, I have heard from others. Which is more powerful? Still gentle voice, a burning bush, an angel, or hearing God through others? They're all equal because it's God speaking. The key is whether you're going to receive it. Sometimes people will speak to you and you jolly well know it's the Lord, but we have a tendency to reject it because it's people. But if we think if an angel turns up, we're going to believe it. Not true. An angel turned up for Gideon and he still wouldn't do it. Give me more. Turn up a bit more. A few more times. Oh, and by the way, can you give me a fleece? And then can the fleece have this on it and that on it? Now, whether it's self-imposed or there's an element of others limiting us, God will speak into or from. I want to talk about the from now. 
oh, this is unbelievable. God will speak from your limitations for the sake of others, for a redemptive purpose. People are looking at you. People are looking at me. They're looking at our church to see how we will face this thing that they're facing. Will you protest or will you love? Will you complain or will you praise? Will you be a problem finder or a problem solver? Joseph was limited to prison. What happened? He saved a generation from starvation. Moses was limited to a desert and delivered a nation from slavery. Israel was limited to a place. It says in Numbers 34, God said, these are the boundaries. Stay in there. God used Israel's obedience to that limitation for prosperity. Esther was limited to a harem and would save and protect a people from elimination. Ruth was limited by a famine and had to live off the leftovers of a harvest and that placed her in the lineage of David and Jesus himself. Daniel was limited to the service of a pagan king's rule and prophesied into our future for generation to generation. Jonah was limited to the whale of a belly because he didn't want to do something and God turned it around so he would end up preaching to a people for their repentance. The early church was limited to an upper room and because they limited in that upper room, they were positioning themselves to be released into the mission and purpose of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul was limited in house arrest for two years and because of that he continues to proclaim the truth of the kingdom of God and the gospel to all generations. John was limited to the Isle of Patmos and he prepares you and I and all Christians around the world for the return of Christ. And Jesus was limited to a cave manger. He started limited. If you know anything about the history, he was not, they were not able to move freely. They were shut down and limited. And because of that, we say, Emmanuel, God with us. He was also, the way he started his life is the way he finished his life. Limited in a cave after his death, but death did not hold him down. The limitations man placed on Jesus led to you and I being purchased by Christ for victory, for freedom, for liberty. And you and I are limited by God's sovereignty to certain gifts. It is one of the most ridiculous myths of the 20th century that children and people are unlimited in potential. The most damaging thing you can do to a person is say, you can do anything. No, you can't. And we all know that. But you can do what God has put in you better than anybody. Look at what it says. We have Romans 12, 6. 
We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Other translations say according to his sphere of faith or level of faith or limitations of faith. Now, how do you get the best out of your limitations? There's gifts in limitations. In fact, I believe a good way of thinking about this is sovereign limitations will lead to the release of greater gifts in the body of Christ. If I can accept what my sovereign limitations are, then I am free and not insecure any longer to hand over to somebody to do something else. And then I can celebrate. We get into trouble when we think we can do everything. And then we get envious if somebody's taken our spot. But there's only things that I can, I can do, this stack of stuff I cannot do. Now, how do you best use your limitations? Number one, so I want to keep it practical. Look for what you have been given, not what has been taken from you. We have a world that has been complaining about what has been taken from them instead of looking at what they've been given. We've been in shutdown. Do you know one of the great things about the shutdown for us? I've spent all this time with my family. Is that... It's great. Not always pleasant. (laughs) And it's made me confront things. Now, for some people, it's been very difficult because what's happened is the fault lines or the cracks in their own inner being has come to the surface. Do you know right now in Australia, there are more people seeking help from psychologists and Christian counsellors than any period in history. Do you know what I think? As painful as that is, that is very helpful because it means long-term they're going to be in better shape. More people have lost weight in this period than any other period in Australian history, including me. 15 kg so far. (laughs) Why? Because it gives us an opportunity to work on some things. The church, I believe, where the church has not whinged and complained and protest, those churches that have seen the opportunity to reach out to people and use different forms, those churches have got stronger and they have got more focused on discipleship. It's fantastic. So we need to look at what's been given, not taken. Because if we are thankful for what's given, we become proactive and releasing and joy-filled. If you look at what's been taken from you, become reactive, demanding and miserable. This is the first trip I've done in 14 months. Prior to COVID, I was travelling six months a year. Somebody said, do you miss travelling? No. I miss the people. Would I have been able to stop travelling? Probably not. Because I'm a nutbag. Most of us, you know, we we throw our things into things that God is not even asking us to throw ourselves into because of the sake of we must, we should, it's the right thing. Well, the Lord said, you know, can take a break, Richard. Your conscience can take a break. You can stay put. 
You don't have to say yes. I mean, that's just me. The second thing that will help us with limitations is understanding the nature of God. And there's two sides. God is both transcendent, which means he's above all, all-powerful, yeah? All-knowing, all-present, he's above, but he's also imminent, which means he's close. He's God with us. If you don't keep those two in balance, you're going to get all out of sorts. God is not sitting in heaven worried about the pandemic. God is not sitting in heaven worried about whether it's a conspiracy or not. God is not sitting in heaven. He's not worried. God himself could go, bonk, and the COVID would be done. Yeah? Am I right or not? Who sent the plagues on Egypt? Who sent the plagues on Israel when they got out of sorts with God? Who said to Moses, I'm going to kill you? God. We have this weird concept that God is all fluffy and nice all the time. He's not. God disciplines us because he loves us. If you're parents, you know that at times. If your child is going to put their hand in a fire, you're not going to say, oh, go ahead, honey. It'll be a wonderful experience. Like, let's get real. You know, this happened to me. It shocked me. I have the habit, I have this thing that I do. In the morning, I wake up in the morning and I say, hello, Jesus. I mean, it sounds strange, but that's what I do. I say, hello, Jesus. Good morning. What would you like to say to me? And in general, it's one thing. He says, I want you to be calm today. Or he'll say, I want you to be steady. Or I want you to be very patient. Now, you know social media? Well, you've got to be careful with this stuff. Now, sometimes I watch people just out of sheer curiosity. And I wanted to see a particular post from a particular pastor somewhere, not in Australia. Because I think he's... odd. <laughs> and causing problems. And you know, it's not a big deal. I wasn't doing anything particularly sinful... But as I went to look at him, I felt this check in my spirit. Don't, don't look. And I ignored it and I looked. And it made me angry. And I did pray for him. The next morning, I woke up. And I said, good morning, Jesus. What would you like to say to me? He said, I'm disappointed with you. Now, I've got to tell you, I had conned myself over many years to block out anything that was remotely rebuking from God because God is all love. But when he said, I'm disappointed with you, I wept. I cried because I knew what that was about. And I was heartbroken and I said, I am so sorry. I said, what do you want me to do, Lord? He said, repent. And I said, sorry. And I said, now what do you want to say? He said, we're sweet. Don't eliminate God speaking the truth to you because it will lead you to greater freedom. The third thing, so understand the nature, he's both transcendent and close, and the third thing is resist the desire to fight limitations or to give in to them. The two extremes. There are some people so frightened, and they ought not be, because God loves us. 
He's with us. But also don't fight it. Oh, I disagree with this stuff. Because people are looking at you who may never have seen, never read the Bible and they've got their own opinions. Remember you're God's ambassador. He's making his appeal through you to others. And keep in mind this passage, 2 Timothy 1.7. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Now don't narrow it to one. You need the three. Power in the Greek is not dunamis, uh, not dynamite. People say it's dunamis, means dynamite. Well, dynamite blows things up. God doesn't blow things up. It simply means you are able to do what you can't do. That's what it means. You are able to face every challenge and you have the ability to do it. But if you're going to do it, make sure you do it in love. And if you're going to do it in love, make sure you've got some brains. Use common sense. Ecclesiastes 2.14 says the, the wise man has eyes in his head. Use your eyes. Use your faculties. Listen to the Spirit, but use that. Now, sovereign limitations, and I'm wrapping it up now. <clears throat> You're not supposed to say that when you preach. but So I'm going to read a passage to you because I'm going to bring it back to where I began. Because there's something powerful in what Paul says. Limitations are the unseen link that God uses for greater imagination, greater power and greater future. Okay, let's read 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 14. It says, yes, the body has many parts, not just one. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand... I'll just make sure I'm reading the same translation. <clears throat> Hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not be for that reason. So it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason that it stopped being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of the smell be? We can go on. Oh, we ran out. Okay. <clears throat> no problem. That was my fault. See, I'm limited in organisation. But he says, suppose the whole body, right? Then it says, verse 18, but God made our bodies with many parts and he has put each part just where he wants it. I am limited by the sovereignty of God to a set of gifts. You are limited by God to a set of gifts. All of those together are necessary. This sovereign limitation is the key for explosive growth and release and salvations, evangelism, the whole box and dice, if we can accept sovereign limitations as a gift. And this is what Paul means. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine, he's writing this from a place of limitation. 
more than you could ask or imagine. More than you could ever think. According to His power, that is, within you. Not limited by the limitation, but unlimited by the ultimate one. And then he goes on to say this, which is magnificent. To him be the glory where? Where? In the individual? In the church. Why? Because God wants the church to be unlimited because the individuals will accept sovereign limitation. I will accept if I'm a toe. I'll accept if I'm an eye. I'll accept if I'm an arm. And I'm going to be the best jolly arm you've ever seen. And you be the best eye you've ever seen. And you be the best leg I've ever seen. And you can be the other leg. No, that's not going to work. (laughs) You be the best torso. You be the best hair. Yeah, go ahead, be the best hair. There's a lot of not best hairs in here, but there's a lot of... (laughs) What I'm saying to you is this limitation that has been placed upon us around the world has done one thing for certain. I work with churches, big churches, and what I've noticed is there's no longer counting of numbers. It's no longer how big you are because we're all level playing field. We all have something in common. We've all been limited. Yes, even in the promised land of South Australia, you had limitations. And I've got to tell you, that has unleashed something. For those who have ears to hear and eyes to hear and eyes to see, Paul the Apostle wrote from a place of limitation, speaking about the immeasurably more, the awesome, the powerful, the bigger. God wants to bring something. My goodness, this church here, you are a, you're strange. It's Murray Bridge for goodness sake. You've got a thumping church. You know what people say to me? Who on earth would ever think of having a church in Murray Bridge? And I said, I tell you who. God, because God is not limited to our limitations, but people accept their limitations. I am so glad for our long term that we've actually been stopped because we have to face some things. But I'm jolly excited because you know what happens after Paul's in prison? after Joseph's shut down, after Daniel's locked up, after Esther's there, after Ruth, after Jesus was limited in a cave, do you know what comes next? Do you know what comes next? Do you know what comes next? Resurrection and the power of the Spirit. Imagine if you were one of those 500 that started in the upper room and said, I don't lock lockdown. I'm going out on the street to protest. No, 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 we're going to stay here. And this 500 began, there was only 120. I want to be one of the 120. And I accept the sovereign limitations to pursue the one who's put the power within, which is Jesus Christ. 
and I'm going to position myself in a place of prayer so that God will come upon me with power and get me ready for the coming revival that is going to sweep the earth. Would you rise to your feet? I want you to extend your hands heavenward. Lift your hands heavenward, Murray Bridge. Lift your hands heavenward. You are not limited by anything because God is within you. There are human limitations. Accept them. Your human limitations. The only limitation that is upon you is that which God allows. And God is going to speak into your limitations, maybe with a gentle voice, maybe with an angel, maybe with a burning bush. Or maybe through others. And he's going to come and put the Spirit of God on you. And from that place of your own limitation, whether imposed by yourself or by others, you're going to be used by God in a redemptive purpose. And the gospel is going to go out powerfully. And there will be glory in the church as you all work together and accept what God has given you. Father, visit this church. We pray, send down your Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, from the front to the back, to the left, to the right. Pour down your Holy Spirit. Pour down your Holy Spirit, O Lord. Bless every single person in Jesus' name. I just want you to put your hands down for a second. I don't want to do one other thing. I want you all to close your eyes. It's okay to struggle, it's totally okay. There's been such a mix of experience. But I would not want any of you to miss this year. If you've not embraced what you needed to embrace and not changed what you needed to change and you know it, I want to pray for you now. Would you place your hand in the air? You know that you should have changed some things. You had an opportunity during this period. There's hands going up quite around the place. This is your opportunity. You may have missed it last year. You may not have heard the Lord, but you're hearing Him now. You've been given an opportunity. You may not have seen it as an opportunity. For some of you, it might have been like prison, like Joseph. Some of you might have been like Moses, a desert. For some of you, it might have been like Daniel, forced into something you didn't want to go to. You might have been like Paul, shut down. Father, I pray for where every hand is that you would visit by the power of your Holy Spirit upon them, that you would set them free. Father, I pray that they would use the things that you're speaking to them for this year. And this 2021 would be the most incredible year for them, a year where they would imagine and dream more than they could ever, ever think about or conjure up. Help them, Lord, to just see this year and use all that gift that you have. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.